0: Let's pray. Father, we thank you for King Jesus. We thank you for the King of the cosmos and the King of the angels and the King of kings. We thank you for our King who humbled himself and came in the likeness of men, that he would lay down his life and take it up again, Lord, that we might have life forever as his joyful subjects under his love in his benevolent kingdom where he will rule and reign forevermore. O oh Lord, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. To thine be the glory and the power forever and ever. And all of God's saints said, amen, amen. Merry Christmas. First 1 Timothy 1.15 says, Is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You've heard me preach that a multitude of times. If you've been with me on the streets, you've heard me preach it hundreds or thousands of times because it's my favorite verse to preach out on the streets, and it's one of my favorite verses to preach in the pulpit. But I rarely stress Christ Jesus, King Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ The king, Jesus, came into the world to save sinners. The king of the cosmos, the king of angels, the king of every realm, natural and spiritual, king of kings, Jesus, came into the world to save sinners. To God be the glory. I want to start, as I have in years past, by addressing atheists, By addressing Atheist, we'll have three basic parts to the message. First, to our Atheist friends, dear Atheist, agnostic, undesignated, unbelieving Christmas celebrant, I sincerely wish you a Merry Christmas. However, on that note, you must be warned, in your celebration of Christmas, you've stolen a drop of merriment from an ocean of eternal joy that only awaits believers who are made truly and eternally merry, the repentance of sin and faith in Jesus Christ. As a Christ-rejecting unbeliever, the joy you experience at Christmas does not belong to you. It is stolen. And I confess that I was once a Christmas thief. I once stole the joy of Christmas. And yet, praise God, now I possess it by grace alone, through faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. Again, It is stolen, but it is, praise God, a witness to you, a natural revelation of God's amazing grace and love extended to sinners. What is the state of those who deny their Creator, suppress the truth of God, and reject the love of God in Jesus? Outside of Christ, the eternal ocean of God's burning wrath is rising up in a great wave to swallow rebel sinners forever. The Bible calls it the lake of fire. Friend, repent of your stolen Christmas merriment, your fleeting joy in your unbelieving rebellion against the God you know. Confess Jesus Christ, born of the Virgin, fully God, fully man, yet without sin, crucified for sinners, suffering the eternal wrath of God that their sins deserve, paying their debt in full, dying and resurrecting on the third day, conquering sin, Satan, and death on behalf of all those for whom he died, all those who will repent and confess Him as their Lord and their God, as Doubting Thomas did so many years ago when he beheld the resurrected Savior. Don't attempt to satisfy your thirst for joy with friends, family, food, material possessions, music, movies, and holiday decor. Your sin taints all of that, and your joy is fleeting even on the best of days. The judgment of death is upon you. And you cannot escape its reality no matter how hard you try. Flee to Christ while there's time. He's the only Savior of sinners. Flee to Christ and find forgiveness of sin. Find peace with God. Find joy and merriment now and forever with much love and care for your souls. I wish every atheist, agnostic, undecided Christ rejecter a merry Christmas. Secondly, a word to professed Christians, some genuine and some tragically not, who are now suppressing and rejecting the glory of Christmas, who are anti-Christmas Grinches out there on the worldwide web of social media, telling you that you're a pagan for celebrating the birth of Christ, telling you that worse, you're a wolf, that you're an enemy of God we're celebrating Christmas, I say to them, I love Christmas. I love hearing of Christ Jesus coming into the world to save sinners through Christmas music everywhere. I love the silly, over-the-top, joyous Christmas songs too, because they all reflect Jesus Christ, the only eternal, unending source of joy and love. I love every twinkling light hung up inside and outside of homes and stores everywhere I go because they all reflect Jesus Christ who is the light of the world. I love all the bright green and red worn and adorned decorating everything everywhere because it all reflects Jesus Christ whose blood gives everlasting life to all those who repent and confess him as Lord. I love every tree cut down and drug into homes to be decorated and topped with a star and surrounded with gifts because it all reflects Jesus Christ, who the gift-bearing magi found under a star, who is the greatest gift ever given, who created the cosmos full of stars, our solar system, planet Earth, and trees so he can be born of a virgin without sin, live a perfect holy life, be crucified for sinners on a tree, Take the fullness of the wrath that their sins deserve. Die, be buried, and rise from the dead on the third day, conquering death on behalf of all those who repent and place their faith in him. Yes, I love Christmas. I love it. Why do God haters everywhere labor to cancel Christmas? Why do they go so far as to outlaw images of Christmas trees in public schools? Why do they replace Christmas parties with winter solstice parties? Why do they respond to a hearty Merry Christmas with a grimace or a bland Happy Holidays? Because they all know Christmas is about Christ Jesus coming into the world to save sinners. That's why. Why do they hate it? Because they hate God. And they know that Christmas is about God the Son coming into the world to save sinners. I'm sad for those suffering with the Christian spiritual gift of Christmas Grinchism or Bah Humbug, distempered demeanor of Ebenezer Scrooge. If there was no internet or a perpetual social media pious contest on it, and there is, I think there would be very few infected with the spirit of Christmas Grinchism. Be wary of straining out ancient gnats and missing the present opportunity to spread love, joy, joy, kindness and the gospel of Jesus Christ at Christmas. God is sovereign in salvation and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But I can only imagine how confusing it is to non-believers to hear or read Christian Christmas Grinchism from the Christians in their lives who piously bought humbug the joyful music. They go out into a store, they go out into a business place and they hear the joyful Christmas music and they bah humbug it. How tragic. The lights everywhere. Lights. Lights. They bah humbug the joyful music, the lights, the bright colors, the decorations, the Christmas gatherings, the happy feasts, and loving gift and card giving at Christmas. I'm sad for those suffering from the spiritual gift of Christmas Grinchism. May God set them Free saints. May God set them free. And they're filling the internet. As soon as we got toward the end of November, maybe even before Thanksgiving, I started to see it on social media. I thought, how tragic. And I finally addressed it yesterday or the day before. I finally addressed it with these very words. And I got a few responses from Christmas Grinches. They accused me of being a pagan, of being a wolf, and warned me of the coming wrath of God for celebrating Christmas. And you need to know that this sort of legalism, and that's what it is, this sort of legalism straining out ancient gnats, goes hand in hand with King James onlyism. The first man to rebuke me, warn me of the coming wrath of God for me, call me a wolf and a pagan, was a King James only man, legalist, condemning all who would dare celebrate Christmas. The second man, he just wrote pagan. Pagan. That's it. I thought, well, I'm going to check him out. So I, I clicked on his Facebook. I went to it. And the first three things from this man who said pagan, just pronounced me, judge me, you're done, pagan. His name was J.T. Preacher. <laughs> pagan. And here's the first few posts he had up on his Facebook page. Nimrod's corpus spongiosum is monumented on the front of nearly every church in the world as a steeple. This is an ancient pagan tradition worship of the sun god on Sunday. The entire world has been deceived just as prophesied. See, that's the spirit behind this. And I warn you of it. It's out there disguised as pious, puritanical Christianity in its purest form. And it's the stuff that Mike Reed breeds and that Tony Miano got sucked up in and destroyed by. The stuff that Mike Reed's fellow elder, Nick Rowland, would rebuke other Christians. He'd go on social media and say, burn your Christmas tree and repent. Foolish and tragic. Nimrod's corpus spongiosum. What is that? I mean, we can dig in history books and find some paganism to condemn just about everything we do. Or we can look out in today's world and say, you know what, there's all sorts of pagan things everywhere that in one way or another we're participating in. But are we participating in because we're worshiping pagan gods? How about this? I love to go out and cut down a Christmas tree in Jesus' name against the pagans of our day. I don't care so much about the pagans of 2,000 years ago. What about the pagans of our day worshiping the tree? I cut down that tree. I drug it into my house. I decorated it to the glory of God and his son who created that tree that he might be crucified on it. It's a blow against paganism, saints. It's not paganism. JT Preacher said this as well. Anyone telling you that Christmas is not pagan after they have been repeatedly shown the truth is Antichrist. I'm an Antichrist. The devil's deception is so great that even the elect would be deceived. So, this is a salvific issue. You celebrate Christmas, you're Antichrist, you're not elect, you've been deceived. You're a wolf, you're pagan. How tragic. And we've had those people come through and leave how tragic. The final thing, he said, paganism has engulfed every church in America, if not the world. That's the spirit behind these guys. Now, what kind of witness do you think he is to the world on a regular daily basis? What kind of an evangelical witness? What kind of a gospel witness? Is this man's spirituality, his his spiritual health such that a glorious light of Christ is coming forth from him? I assure you it is not, tragically. It is not. And so we reject that. We reject it outright. In sharp contrast, Charles Spurgeon, who was born much closer to the Reformation than we, who was born in a world where Rome was much more of a threat physically, not just spiritually, than in our day, who in his early pastorate was an enemy of Christmas, but in time, as the Word of God and experience taught him, In time, he became a hearty celebrant of Christmas, even donning a Santa suit and visiting his orphanage to give gifts to the children. Now, I'll never don a Santa suit. (laughs) But Charles Spurgeon said this in his sermon titled The Birth of Christ the Day Before Christmas. He said, now a happy Christmas to you all. And it will be a happy Christmas if you have God with you. I shall say nothing today against festivities on this great birth of Christ. We will tomorrow think of Christ's birthday. We shall be obliged to do it, I am sure. However sturdily we may hold to our rough Puritanism. And so let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Do not feast as if you wished to keep the festival of Bacchus. Do not live tomorrow as if you adored some heathen divinity." Feast, Christians. Feast. You have the right to feast. Go to the house of feasting tomorrow. Celebrate your Savior's birth. Do not be ashamed to be glad. You have a right to be happy. Solomon says, Go thy way and eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God hath now accepted thy works. Let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no anointment. Religion never was designed to make your pleasures less. Recollect that your master ate butter and honey. Amen. Go your way. Rejoice tomorrow. But in your feasting, think of the man in Bethlehem. Let him have a place in your hearts. Give him the glory. Think of the virgin who conceived him. But think most of all of the man born, the child given. I finish by saying a happy Christmas to you all. Charles Spurgeon preached on the Lord's Day Christmas Eve to his saints. Praise God. Praise God. And then to the heart of our message. The heart of our message from the Word of God. Let us gaze upon our King. Last time under the title of Behold Your King, we looked at King Jesus from the Old Testament. We looked at the prophecies of King Jesus leading up to His birth. We looked at His magnificence as he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he was declared to be such in the Old Testament. Perhaps my favorite, my favorite portion of that sermon and that prophetic word is out of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 23, verse 5, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David, to David, King David, an heir, a branch of righteousness, a king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name, the king that will come of the line of David, King Jesus. Now this is his name, but which he will be called Yahweh, our righteousness. That's the name of the babe laid in the manger. Oh, he is Emmanuel, as Kurt rightly prayed. God with us. He is Yahweh our righteousness. Emmanuel, God with us. Both the name and identity of Jesus is fully and eternally God. Yahweh, fully divine, the Son of God, taken upon flesh, becoming our righteousness as He's crucified for sinners. Our sin imputed to Him, His righteousness imputed to us. Yahweh, our righteousness. When you think of the cross, picture Yahweh, our righteousness. When you picture The Lord Jesus at the right hand of the Father and the throne. Picture Yahweh, our righteousness. When you worship Him, worship Him as Yahweh, your righteousness. As you think of the babe laid in the manger, think of Yahweh, our righteousness. As you think of those magi come to lay their their kingly gifts before Him, think of them worshiping Yahweh, our righteousness. His identity. And his gospel in a name prophetically declared, and declaring simultaneously that he would be of the line of David, a branch of righteousness from David. Praise God. Today's message to believers who gladly celebrate the birth of the king is titled Behold the Newborn King. Behold the newborn king. We sang, hark, the herald angels sing. Let me read it. Sometimes when we sing, we, we miss things. Let's read it together, or I'll read, you listen. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, Joyful, all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic host. proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Hail, the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail, the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark! The herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. Hark! The herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with angelic host, proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. The king is born in Bethlehem, hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Now, I don't know what song those angels were singing when those shepherds came, to behold the, the glory of the babe in the manger, but it was magnificent, this great heavenly host of angels. And I don't know what songs they'll be singing in heaven one day, but they will be <laughs> singing. I know one holy, holy, holy. <laughs> but it will be magnificent. But this song embodies the truth of Christmas, this great hymn embodies the truth of Christmas, and hear me, I don't care what day he was actually born. These are foolish arguments. Oh, I wasn't December 25th. I don't care. It's worthy of celebration every single day of the year. And I'm happy to do it December 25th. I'm happy that people have work off to do it. I'm happy that their work schedule is interrupted with an inconvenient vacation in Christmas name. The date is immaterial. The truth is the issue. The king is born. Yahweh, our righteousness. That is the issue. And that is worthy of celebration. It's worthy of all the trouble of risking your life up on your roof with those lights. Every year I gaze over the edge. Oh, this could be it. (laughs) If I go that way, I'm not a prophet. It was a good day. It was a good day. Celebrate Christmas heartily. Praise God, the babe was born and laid in a manger. Praise God, Emmanuel, God with us. Praise God, Yahweh, our righteousness, the branch of David was born and laid in that manger. The angels sing because he's the king of the angels. Hear me, if we had the ears to hear, that, the stars were singing, no doubt, because he's the king of those stars. Thus he sent one in some form to reside over Bethlehem they might come and find him. Praise God. What does the word of God say about our king? Here's what we know from the New Testament about our king. Behold the glory of your king. Philippians 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Hark the herald angels sing. Mild, he lays his glory by. He came of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. It is astonishing. It is mind-bending That the God of the cosmos, the creator of everything, came into his creation in the form of a babe born of a virgin to walk among sinners, yet he without sin, and to allow sinners to mock him and beat him beyond the visage of a man and put him up on that cross. The the humility, the love displayed in Christ Jesus, our King. Incomprehensible. Verse 9 Philippians 2.9. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those under heaven, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's why atheists and agnostics and God-haters of every variety hate Christmas because they know it's about the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ. And they know in their heart of hearts because God has revealed Himself to every man through creation. They know in their heart of hearts that God has revealed Himself to every man through conscience. They know that their knee will bow and the rebel in them hates it. Thus, they hate the truth of Christmas but they can't keep themselves from celebrating it, praise God. At least on a surface level, stealing that merriment. And I'm happy for them to do so. I am happy as a mercy to them for them to do so. Oh, that they would find a bit of merriment on their tormented way to hell. I'm happy for them to do so, but I want them to know that that merriment, that joy, that pure joy they find in Christmas that they get a glimpse of That joy could be full and full forever in Christ Jesus if they'll just repent. That love that they see displayed, and even with the image of God stamped upon them, display themselves to some level to others at Christmas. That love as people are giving gifts. Oh, it's so commercial. Good. I love capitalism. It's biblical. The whole world goes from red to black at Christmas economically. Because people are buying up gifts to give to people they love, sacrificially. Praise God for that. It is sweet. And it's a picture of what? Of Christ, the greatest gift ever given. The greatest sacrifice ever given. Praise God for that. How sweet. And so we see the glory of our King Humbling himself and coming in the likeness of men. And we see that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Oh, that they would do so now. Oh, that we would call them to do so now, that their joy would be full. We see in John 1 1 and following. The glory of our king. In the beginning was the word. And the word is with God. And the word was God. Our king, the word, is God, the son. He is with God, distinct from the father. And yet with the father, they are one, eternal. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. He is our creator. The babe laid in the manger is our creator. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness. Why do I love those lights? Drive by my house tonight, you'll see the biggest fat Christmas bulbs up there, just white, glorious lights all around the house. It's beautiful. It's happy. It's festive. It's joyful. The other night I forgot to turn them on. My automatic light turner on her it's broken. I don't know if it got rain on it, or I just can't figure out the electronics. I bought a new fancy one. Great. Can't find the old one that worked every time. Anyway, so I'm the light turner oner. I go out, I turn it on, and at the end of the night, midnight or so, I go out and unplug it. But I forgot to turn it on. I felt bad. I felt bad that my son came home from work and the lights weren't on. My neighbors did not get to see the lights on because the lights point to the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And I like the night lit up with them. It is joyful. And the night of this world. And right now we're in the night and it's dark out there. That night will end when Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords returns. He who is light. And so I'm happy for every light. Every light. Everywhere. And they all point to he who is light. And life. 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 So much life around Christmas. Do you notice that? The rest of winter is dark and dreary and sad and depressing and oh, when is this going to end? But leading up to Christmas and in the, in the full swell of Christmas, there is life. Praise God. Because Jesus is life. First John chapter 1, verse 5, And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it there was a man sent from God. His name was John. This man came for witness to bear witness of that light. Do you want to bah, humbug the lights or you want to bear witness of the light? Bear witness, saints. Bear witness. Don't get caught up in ancient pagan issues. Get caught up in the present light of the world, Jesus Christ. The present celebration. I don't care where the tree came from or the wreath came from or the steeple came from. I don't care. Not An iota, not a jot or a tittle. And I don't believe the Lord does either. I care about the light of the world. I care about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I I care about joy and love being spread, goodwill to men being spread. Verse 7, this man came for witness, to bear witness of that light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. John 1, verse 29, who is this king, who is this king? Babe laid in the manger, John 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. The King is the Lamb of God. Yahweh, our righteousness, through being the Lamb of God, takes away the sin of the world through laying down his life on the cross, through being crucified, for our pierced for our iniquities. Takes away the sin of the world. Every tribe, tongue, and nation, praise God, some will come and bend their knee and confess Him as Lord and be saved. How glorious. How magnificent. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's our message at Christmas. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Emmanuel, God with us. Behold Yahweh, our righteousness. Behold the Savior. Jesus. We want the world to see him. We want the whole world to be lit up with his light. We want pilots to fly across this nation and around this globe and to see the lights of Christmas lit up, shining the light of the world. We want, we want New York to be filled with the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ and all those lights in Times Square. Did you hear about that? They all went black. And then they all came back on with a depiction of the gospel. I don't know how faithful it was. I don't know a lot of details about it. But it pointed them in the right direction. I know that. I know all the commercialism was interrupted for a moment. And they were pointed to Jesus. The only name under heaven given among men, which we must be saved. How about John chapter 1, verse 47? Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. The King of Israel, the Lamb of God, the light, life this is the babe laid in the manger. How about John 12, as we walk with him through his life? This is a pivotal point. John 12, verse 12. The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel." Then Jesus, when he found a young donkey, sat on it as it was written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming. Sitting on a donkey's coat. How about John 18? All the world in Israel rejected the light of the world, the Lamb of God, the King of kings, Yahweh, our righteousness, Emmanuel, God with us. John 18, verse 28. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the praetorium, lest they should be defiled, and that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, if he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said to them, you take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spoke, signifying by which death he would die. Verse 33, Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priesthood delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, hear this, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause, I have come into the world. For this cause, I was born. For this cause, I've come into the world. He came into the world to save sinners. Through humbling himself and allowing us to crucify the king of glory, the king of the cosmos, the king of the angels, the king of kings, the king of all things. But he's not done. He's not done. Upon that cross, he said, to tell us, die. He bowed his head. He gave up his spirit. He finished paying the debt of sin in full for all those who will repent and confess him as Lord, looking to him in faith alone. But at the end of the age, at the end of the age, he pronounces, it is done. And he recreates a new heavens and a new earth in which only righteousness will dwell. And he will rule as king forever and ever and ever and ever in a body bearing the marks of our iniquities and his love as the king of kings and the lamb of God, Emmanuel, God with us forever. You say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born. and For this cause I have come into the world. John 18, verse 39. Pilate speaking. You have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Then they all cried again, saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him and the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head and they put on him a purple robe and they said, hail king of the Jews and they mocked him. And I see men and women mocking him today still still crying out mocking the king of the Jews, mocking Christmas, mocking the idea that God became flesh that he might die for sinners and rise again on the third day conquering death. Mankind's heart has not changed. Our rebellion against our king has not changed. And except by God's grace, your rebellion would not have changed either. You would not be here worshiping the king, celebrating the king's birth, and looking forward to the king's return except by the grace of God. Verse 14 of John 19. It says, Now it was the preparation day of the Passover, and about the sixth hour, he, Pilate, said to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? How many times must it be said, are you the king? I'm the king. He's the king. Should I crucify your king? That's not our king. He's the king. The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. You know, our neighbors are crying out with the same heart right now. We have no king but our Government who's here to help us. We have no king but these tyrants who are ruling over us. And we're happy to have them. We prefer corrupt governments over the righteous, benevolent, loving, kind government of King Jesus. We prefer the corrupt government of Satan himself. And we're seeing that more and more in our society. Say to your Catholic friends who say, Hail Mary, is not, it's not worship, it's not worship! Well, why do the Satanists cry, Hail Satan? And they're crying it more and more often every year, louder and clearer. They're crying it in the Iowa State Capitol, in the heartland, not just on the streets of Portland. They prefer the tyranny of Satan himself over our benevolent King Jesus, whose proof of love is there at the cross in undeniable glory. That's how foolish our sin makes us. We have no king but Caesar. Then they delivered him to be crucified and they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place of the skull, which is called Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side And Jesus in the center. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin, so everyone could read it. Jesus, which means Savior, King of the Jews. Therefore, the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. But he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Praise God. The truth was declared to all. And in God's providence, Pilate would not remove it. No matter how they cried out. Look to Revelation Chapter 5, all the world in Israel received the light of the world, the Lamb of God and the King of Kings. Revelation 5 verse 1, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaim with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals. And no one in heaven or under, uh, no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah the, of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures of the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests through our God, and we shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels sounding around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. That's our king. Revelation 6 verse 15. Again, we see the world in Israel receive the light of the world, the Lamb of God, the King of kings. Revelation six fifteen, And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves, in the rocks, in the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of of the Lamb. For great is the day. For the great day of His wrath has come. And who is able to stand. Every knee will bow. Before King Jesus. Oh they, they might mock Him. They might reject Him. They may blaspheme His holy name. But in the end they will bow before Him. And tragically here go from me. I never knew you. Oh that we would plead with them. To repent. Turn to that babe in the manger who is King of kings and Lord of lords, who is Emmanuel, God with us, who is Yahweh, our righteousness, who is the Lamb of God, who is the second person of the Trinity, the Word who was with God and was God, who created all things, who became flesh, and the Word became flesh, and we dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glories of that of the only begotten Son of God. In Revelation 17, we again find all the world in Israel receiving the light of the world, the Lamb of God, the King of kings. It says the 10, Revelation 17, verse 12, The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who received no kingdom as yet. They receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the Lamb and the Lamb will overcome them for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those who are with them are called chosen and faithful. Psalm 2 that we looked at last week spoke prophetically of this day where the kings of this earth gather together against God and His Christ. And here we find them doing so. And we are assured the Lamb will overcome them. For He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. Amen. Finally, we find in Revelation 19, verse 6, the world and Israel receiving the light of the world, the Lamb of God, the King of kings. Revelation 19, verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia! Alleluia! For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God, and I fell at his feet as to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do not do that, for I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren who have testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now I saw heaven opened, and a white horse, and he who sat on him is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Again, reminding us of Psalm 2, kiss the sun. Lest he be angry, and you perish when his wrath is kindled but a little. He who sat on him is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Verse 12, his eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself, and he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glories of that of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The whole world will behold his glory. Heaven, earth, under the earth. Verse 14 And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him and white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them. With a rod of iron, he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. He has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now gaze into that manger. That's the babe. That's the babe. That's the king. That's the glory of the story of King Jesus, born of the line of David. The the stem, or excuse me, the root and offspring, the root and branch of David. Yahweh, our righteousness, the Lamb of God. He's not to be trifled with. He's not to be toyed with. He's not to be mocked. He's not to be blasphemed. He's to be adored and worshipped and honored and praised and served and magnified. May his name be lifted up high. May our names perish from the earth. Our names are immaterial. May his name be great. May our lives be spent in making King Jesus. Magnificent in the eyes of others. Oh, look into that manger scene amongst those animals. Take in a full breath of the sense of the manger. Consider the humility of our king, the love of our king. Laid in a manger that did not belong to him. Amongst animals that did not belong to him. Rode a donkey that did not belong to him. (laughs) Into a city that was foretold of his coming for thousands of years that denied him. Crucify him, crucify him. We have no king but Caesar, his own people. This is his love, this is his humility. He's no longer a babe in a manger. He's no longer riding on a lowly donkey. He's king of kings and lord of lords. And when you see him again, he'll be on a great white horse and all the world will see him with you. And by God's grace, you'll see him from behind on another great steed made up of his army that he does not need. As he lays low his enemies, With the sword of his mouth. Treading the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. With King of kings and Lord of lords written upon his robe and his thigh. In Revelation 21 verse 9, it says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bulls, filled with the seven last plays, came to me and talked to me, saying, Come, and I will show you the bride and the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to the high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Revelation 21, verse 22. I saw no temple in it, in the new heavens and the new earth, I saw no temple in it for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gate shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there and they shall Bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, but they, there shall by no means enter into it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Revelation 22, verse 7. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. In verse 12. Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. The babe and the manger is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. No wonder the angels worshipped him, the shepherds and the magi. Or well, the whole world should have been worshipping him But those of authority, both religious and political authority, opposed him. And it's very much the same today. I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. And I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city, but outside of the dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral, Pope Francis... And murderers and idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. I'm the root and offspring. He created Adam and Eve, He's the root. And the offspring, he entered into his creation through the womb of the Virgin Mary, who was a descendant of David. And Joseph, not an earthly physical father, but his father, also a descendant of David. He's the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come and let him... Who hears say, come, and let him who thirst come, and whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Oh, praise be to God. Charles Spurgeon said this of Christmas, the birth of Christ should be the subject of supreme joy. Come then, I will try to argue with you to induce you To do so that I may send you home this Christmas day to be missionaries in the localities to which you belong and to be real preachers, though you are not so by name. When you're at home on Christmas day, let no one see your face till God has seen it. Be up in the morning, wrestle with God. And if your friends are not converted, wrestle with God for them. You must then keep this Christmas by telling to your fellow men what God's own Holy Spirit has seen fit to reveal to you. Tell out what God has written within. There is the little cluster around the hearth on Christmas night. There's the little congregation in the workshop. There's a little audience somewhere to whom you might tell out Jesus' love to the lost ones. I wish everybody that keeps Christmas this year would keep it as the angels kept it. It Set an example to others how to behave on that day, and especially since the angels gave glory to God. Let us do the same. Oh, saints, Christmas is worthy of celebration every day of the year. Praise God, we pause the whole world to recognize that he who split time, he who was born of the Virgin, is fully God, fully man, the only Savior, crucified for sinners, buried and resurrected on the third day. That he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last that he is Emmanuel, God with us. That he is Yahweh, our righteousness. That he is Jesus, Savior. The only name under heaven given among men for which we must be saved. I say to you all, Merry Christmas. And May God bless you with a happy new year as you serve Christ your King and make his name great in the earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this precious word. We thank you, Father, that Christ is the pinnacle of it. We thank you, O Lord, for your love to us through your Son, that by your grace we have confessed him as Lord, that by your grace we have believed upon him and trusted him with our souls, that by your grace, Lord, we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. May you sustain us, may you encourage us, may you strengthen us, that we would make his name great in the earth. That every knee would bow and every tongue would confess him as Lord. That we would turn our city upside down with the gospel of Jesus. That our city, by your grace, would be a modern day miracle like Nineveh of old. And bend its knee to Jesus. We pray it in Jesus' name, the name of all names the name that every tongue will one day confess as Lord. Amen.